It's good to see you all this morning. I hope you had a good week. Uh, I know I did. And uh, it was kind of a good breath of fresh air after the work <laughs> of last Sunday. And so um, glad you're here. And I, you have a, there's a treat in store for you today. But Len, before I have my friends come up and introduce them to you, I want to tell you a story. Uh, not really a story, just tell you a little bit about myself that I may not have shared a whole lot of before. When I was um, a little kid, we started going to church. I, I really don't know how old I was. I feel like it was somewhere around kindergarten that I had my first memories, real strong memories of going to church. And man, I loved it. I loved being there on Sunday mornings. I loved the people in the church. I liked singing in the children's choir. I liked play, being in, in the children's plays. I liked going to Sunday school. I liked the snacks. I mean, I liked everything about church. I liked it to the point that I invited our crossing guard. I think I've told you this story. The first person that I ever like invited to church was the crossing guard at my elementary school. And he started coming and he met his wife at the church that, we, that I went to. And so, man, I, I, I was connecting people even then. <laughs> um, but um, there was this old man that went to my church that's kind of the epitome of what kept me going. Because there were these people who would talk to me every Sunday. And they were old. You know, I mean, when you're like five years old, somebody who's 25 is old. And so it was a bunch of older people who would talk to me a lot. And one of them was an old man who walked with a cane and almost always had a suit on. And if I remember right, sometimes had a hat, I think, had a hat on. And his name was Pete Trone. And he, uh, I found out later in life, was a Methodist preacher when he was still working and had been a district superintendent. And he's just kind of the example in my mind of what I think of like one of the old souls of a church that welcomes people in and helps them. And as I got older, church became less important to me. And it was just one of those things like, oh, I got to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. There's a good football game on or there's this other thing or I'd rather sleep. And it was kind of like, I don't know what I thought about church. Like some people drive a Chevy, some people drive a Ford, some people go to church, some people don't. And um, it just didn't become that important to me. And because it wasn't important, my life reflected that, the way I was living my life and the things I was involved in. And then I came here for college, and things just kind of exponentially grew in the wrong direction. And in the midst of that, um, I found out about this thing called a walk to Emmaus. It's a three-day retreat that you go on, and you don't really walk anywhere. And people tell you a lot of tricks and stories about it. And, and it's just because they want you to have like this surprise, awesome experience. And so I went on a walk to Emmaus, and it was okay. I, mean, I was like 20, 21 years old, and everybody there was 45 or older. You know, they were old. And, um, and so it was just an okay experience. And then um, I got invited to work on a walk to Emmaus retreat that was for college-aged kids. And so once I'd gone, then I was eligible to work one. And they invited me to work one. And um, I met some people while I was working that thing. And I had an experience, several experiences leading up to it and then on it that literally changed my life. That God worked through them to change my life. And one of the men you'll meet in a moment, you'll meet him and his wife, but... Um, you have all these meetings leading up to this retreat to plan it. And so I would drive from Las Cruces to Carlsbad, stay with my parents, and then from Carlsbad to Hobbs for meetings, or maybe even Sacramento Methodist Assembly for meetings. And one day, we were driving from Carlsbad to Hobbs, and this friend of mine you'll meet in a few moments was talking about, he was a little nervous about working this retreat because he had this idea that like, 
young people sensed in, in, uh, inauthenticity, and, and I think that's completely accurate. I don't think it's young people. I think all of us, if somebody's being inauthentic, we recognize it. And he was like, so I got to get my life like going the right way and my faith going strong or else they'll recognize it. And I thought he was like dropping hints to me. You know, I thought he was like, oh, yeah, this kid's back here. So I'm going to tell him secret in a like passive aggressive way. He better get it together. And it made me so mad. And then he was telling me between services that he doesn't remember that. But he remembers coming up to me at another meeting and saying like, hey, what's going on? Seems like things aren't really good with your faith right now. And that's the one where he remembers me being mad at him. And um, so long story short, my life changed. John Wesley talks about how you can receive Christ into your life and become a follower of Jesus. And that's a real thing. And sometimes you're filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit in those moments. But sometimes it happens later on after that, and you kind of receive power through the Holy Spirit in your life. And that happens to me on that, on that journey, that college-aged walk to Emmaus thing. And so some of the men who were on that thing that I was looking to and talking to and asking questions of had a real impact on my life. And so I want to introduce to you my friends Paul and Janice Trone. Paul's the guy who was telling secrets about me, I thought. And I'm going to, I'll be looking at my phone periodically. It's not to check football scores, I promise. But I've got some notes to myself to ask them questions. I am about show and tell. I, I tell you a lot of things, but I also want to show you what it looks like when people do the things that I'm talking about. And so I talk a lot about saying yes to the Holy Spirit when you feel led or invited by God to do something. And I talk a lot about how we do ministry out there, like we go and we do the thing. And I talk a lot about how we should be people of action in our faith. And so um, one of the things that we don't have really strong happening in our church right now is college ministry. We don't have a really strong college ministry, and we're working towards that, and we're working towards older adult uh, outreach, um, and we're, we've got some ministries that we're working on. Our prayer ministry is starting to grow, and um, so one of the things that we need are people to step up. Like, for example, we need a, a, a woman who's in this room, and you're probably thinking, is it me? Yeah, it's you. Um, to step up and lead the junior high girls small group. And it'll change your life. I promise it will change your life. It's not as scary as you think it is. In fact, it's way, way less scary than that. And you will get more out of it than you could ever give. And we also need people to step up and help out with college ministry. And so that's where Paul and Janice come in. They um, have this ministry that it's just called Monday Night at the Trones, and it's been called that for a long, long time. It's not here. It's in Carlsbad. I promise not everybody you meet will be from Carlsbad, but a lot of them will. Um, you know, Carlsbad is so close to Artesia that all the good things happen in Carlsbad because we're still trying to reach Artesia. But um, they, um, Paul and Janice, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about it. But first, um, yeah, just what is Monday Night at the Trones? So it started about 20, well, this January will be 21 years ago. It was after that boy's journey. I didn't come along for like 15 years after that. <laughs> That's right. When That's I was right. in college. Just barely, just a few <laughs> years ago. Um, so our youth pastor at the time uh, recognized that those young men needed a place to plug in after that journey and asked us if, if we would be that, that place. Um, 
Paul tells a good story about how that all went down. You know, she, she asked, well, what do you think about having a, a, a college ministry in, at our church? And, oh, yeah, you know, that's a great idea. Why don't you do that? Well, what do you think about hosting it at your house? Uh, and he's very welcoming and, and never says no to having things at our house. I'm the one that always hesitates. And, and so he was a little, well, we better check with Janice. Um, and, and I was a little nervous because that means I have to have my house clean every Monday, right? And we had two young kids at the time, and that's a, that's a trick. But we said yes. And uh, then she asked, well, what if you uh, agreed to lead that every Monday? And I said, whoa, I didn't turn my mic on. <laughs> and he hesitated a second, but Maybe it's, said yes. I, uh, yeah, when she said, what do you think about leading it? I was like, uh, that's a different story. I'm not some scholar. I don't, you know, I don't know what, how to do that. And so, uh, but the long and the short of it is we said yes. And if you'd have told us 20 years ago, we'd been doing this for almost 21 years, uh, that probably would have scared us away maybe even. But, <laughs> but you had a lot of reasons to say no. Yeah. For oh, yeah. real, you did. I mean, how old were the boys? Brian was, I believe, in first grade and Brad was probably fourth grade. Yeah, because I, I mean, I remember going over there, and so I know their two sons. They were, they were in, when I was doing youth ministry, they were in that youth ministry, and I, I know them well. And Brian was like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, almost like, is he a baby? You know, when you don't know uh, right. when people stop being babies, right, you know, right. when you've, you've never been around kids a whole lot. It's like, is he a baby? And then Brad was just like this kind of little punk that ran around. Exactly. And I remember the first time I met him, he had a big burn on his face where, uh, he had been playing with Roman candles, and one of them bounced up and got between his eye and his glasses and burned his face. Yep, yep. So I got in big trouble. But, that. So that was a good reason. To say, <laughs> that was a good reason to say no, right? Because yeah. what are we going to do with our kids? Right. Well, so what did you do? They stayed at, at our house. So. But but they they would be there. So we have dinner every Monday night, um, and so we get home. We both have other vocations, as we talked about in the first service, and. Uh, and we get home and cook dinner, and so Bible study starts at 7.30 so that we have time to do that. Well, the kids would be a part of all that, but then they, they went to their room, and so that's a sacrifice um, that they, they you know, had to take care of themselves for the next couple hours. Of course, it was nearly bedtime anyway, but um, yeah, we could have easily gone, oh, how could we do that? We've got these little kids. And but we say sacrifice, um and at the time, it, it probably it was, felt a little scary, like, what are we going to do with the kids? This is going to be weird having all these college kids and a you know, first grader. But in hindsight, it was an amazing blessing for our boys because throughout their entire growing up, so from the time they were in elementary school, they've been surrounded by and mentored by young men and women of God. So their entire growing up, they've had young adults that they could look up to and, and look to, to see how does, how does a young man or a young woman go about uh, living out their life for the Lord in, in college. And they took, these kids took them skiing, they took them out, you know, doing whatever all along through their life. So as, as scary and maybe as weird as it felt at the beginning, like what are we gonna do? It's turned out to be just an amazing, amazing blessing. And so our kids, they don't really know any different. This, they think that's how life is, that you have Monday night Bible study at your house and, and you welcome people in and you talk about the Lord and, and you worship and you pray together and 
that's what Monday nights look like at our house. And, and the, the group is 18 to 25. We have, you know, it, it, we, high school, out of high school is something we've tried to be pretty, pretty strict with. We've made a couple of exceptions and that's never really worked out well. Um, so, but we have some that are now, they age up and we don't kick them out um, as far as just aging, one or two of them aging up. We have, um, so, so the first five years I was saying earlier, uh, you know, I was terrified probably every Monday night about the lesson and sometimes I'd change it up the last 30 minutes before people got there because I'm like, oh, I don't like this lesson. And, and we do all kinds of different formats. Sometimes we do video series, sometimes we do chapters of the Bible, sometimes we do books. Last, the, last week and this week, I have a chart on, on uh, different world religions and we just talk about who is Jesus, who is God, who's the Holy Spirit, what is salvation among denominations, uh, not denominations, among different religions. And uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, we, we just finished a three, um, three series class on um, finding your million dollar mate. Of course, at that age group, they're all interested in that. Uh, and- uh, A million dollars or a mate? Both, <laughs> both. Um, the, uh, so the format, changes as far as the way that we do the lessons. Uh, we never, except if it's on Christmas Day or um, Thanksgiving Day, something like that, we or 4th of July. We pretty yeah, because Thanksgiving's always on Thursday. That's Paul. true. Thank you. <laughs> Who messed up the Lord's Prayer the first time? <laughs> good one, though. That, that was a good one. Okay, 4th of July does fall on a Monday occasionally. Uh, Christmas Day, we don't, we don't cancel ever. We're, we're going to be in Dubai next week, and they have a code to the house. One of the, one of the young adults is doing the lesson, and the other one, another young lady is cooking. And um, we, we just maintain that consistency so that, because if you break that, then it's easy. To, are we meeting or not meeting? And so we just, we meet, uh, you know. If I'm sick, you know, that day, we'll, Janice will wing it or we'll get somebody to, to do a lesson. And so we just, we just try to be super consistent with that. I, I just remember, what I remember most about Monday night at the Trones was the prayer time. And I remember I would, I would invite like my friends who were kind of part of a different world. So I was thinking about this earlier, Paul. I remember struggling one time like, Okay, I'm trying to live in this way, but my friends are all doing that other thing, and I don't want to abandon them. And I remember you said to me, like, so pick the times you hang out with them. It's just like little things like that that I remember. Like, you don't always have to hang out at, with them at those same times. Pick other times where they're not going to be doing things that you don't want to do anymore. Go to you lunch know? instead of hanging out at midnight. Yeah, and so uh, it was things like that that I remember, like just little side conversations but the other part I remember a lot were the prayer times because it was amazing to hear my friends pray. So at the end of it, everybody prays. Like it just kind of, everybody just goes around and you may be there forever. Like, and sometimes I would get frustrated like, oh my gosh, here we're, we're going to have a prayer like competition, you know, like who can pray the longest prayer or whatever. But then like really most of the time, if I was in a good place, it was amazing to hear people pray that I'd never heard pray before. And especially if, like, my friends would come in and it was like, I didn't even know they prayed. Like, this is crazy, you know? And so um, it's that kind of depth 
that was meaningful for me. Since you brought up prayer, and we kind of have stopped doing the circle thing because oh, that's a ripoff. I know, <laughs> but but and and people can just you know grip the hand and pass it on if they're not comfortable. So we we never put anyone on the spot. But uh, so there was a girl that came for two or three years and wasn't really raised in in the church, and she was she used an excuse to not pray. She told me because. Where it talks about not doing it out in public, you know, as, as a show, and I explained to her, you know, the difference. Anyway, I'll never forget the night that it came around to her and she prayed, and it was probably three years in. She found her voice, and she was she was amazed, and she was blessed, and we were blessed. And and then Janice just reminded me we did we've the last couple of years we started having a retreat, a couple of retreats, and the last one we had in. 20 years of doing this, probably the most intense, uh, passionate, uh, transparent time we've ever had where people just opened up and shared deep, deep, I mean, to the whole group, um, things in their life and, and everybody prayed. I mean, it was just, and you talk about building community and that's really, uh, they don't come because I'm some Bible scholar. Um, the food is pretty good, uh, but they, but they, uh, they come because of community and because there's a place to, to feel safe and to hang out. And um, uh, I said this, you know, I, have, I made Ross guess in the first service, but in 20 years of doing this, 18 to 25 year olds, how many times do you think that no one shows up? If you ask me, I'd say probably a fair number. Never once in 20 years of doing this, has there been a Monday night that no one showed up? Now, we've had a couple of nights where there was one or two, uh, and I was like, if we ever have a night that no one shows up, that may be our signal that this is over. So, and I tell the kids that. <laughs> I mean, I don't threaten them with that. I'm just like, that's, you know, that's a God thing. That's not us. Are you ever hoping? There has, <laughs> so it's funny. I was thinking about this this morning before I came. Um, there was a group there that was there for three or four years that, uh, I was like, maybe this needs to end because they were just, they, they weren't mean or anything, but they just, they challenged everything and it was kind of Brad, Kyle, Zach, that group. He knows them well. <laughs> and they challenged. You know, this is live right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I hope they're listening. <laughs> Most of them have matured uh, now, but they, they uh, uh, it was hard. And, and I thought, I don't. I, I really didn't look forward to it a lot of times on Monday night. But we went through that season, and you grow. You know, challenges make you grow. And and last Monday night we had 26, and in the last several weeks we've had 24, 25, 26. And there was periods that we've had years where we had eight to 12 uh, during the during the winter. The summer with school out is we would almost always have 20 or more. We've had up to 40 something, um, and. Uh, it's stronger the last three or four or five years than it's been. And, and we keep aging up and thinking, at some point they're going to think, I mean, like you said, when you're that age, you know, a 30-year-old is really old. And now that we're in our 50s, we're thinking, God, they must think we're ancient. And they just keep coming. And, and so, you know, we know there'll be a, a, a day that this chapter comes to an end. But so far, it's gotten stronger in the last couple of years. Uh, speaking of the prayer, after that, that retreat, we had um, a young girl come and 
she was her first time at, at Monday night at the Trums and just something about community, you know, that where you feel safe. And uh, she shared some very, um, very personal, she was just very raw and honest and abuse. about some abuse situations. And I was so proud of that group because one of the young men took a chair and he put it in the center of the of our circle and he said, you know what? We believe in praying for one another and we want to hold you up and, and pray over you. And he said, would you, would you mind sitting in the center of this room, the circle? And she said, no. And, and he put her out there and everybody just went around her and prayed over her and, and just lifted her up. And that was her first night there, you know, but she was vulnerable and they were vulnerable with her and, and just ministered to her. And I think, I think that's an incredible story. But I want to make sure to say this, because I, I'm just going to lay my cards out there. I'm hoping that some of you in this room hear these stories and are like, I'd love to be part of that. And if that's you, do the thing. Like, say yes, right? And so, but I want to say this. Um, you, get to, you get to see those things because you say yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, Kelly Kennedy came to you and said, hey, would you do this thing? And you had every reason to say no, but none of them were good. So, and so you said yes. So exactly. I, I told Ross this. He asked, why did we do it or something in the first service? And I said, um, God told me this, I don't know, a few years back, that the blessing is in the yes. Think of any blessing you've had in your life. Could be your marriage, could be your salvation, could be your job, could be... Lots and lots and lots of different things. It doesn't have to be related to God. Um, you had to say yes in almost virtually every situation that you got that blessing. Now, there's, I've modified it that say yes to good things because there's obviously bad things you could say yes to uh, that wouldn't be a blessing. And there's things you can't say yes to everything. But you're certainly not going, if we had said no 21 years ago, we certainly wouldn't have the supercalifragilistic expialidocious blessings super that was the youth group word by the way <laughs> that we have experienced you can thank me later for that uh, <laughs> save me the donut money <laughs> um, I want to I, I want to share a, 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 and I, this it, you, <laughs> I can't talk um was there more you wanted to say to that, or can I? I, I, I no, that's good. Okay, that's I want to read you. I asked, he just asked this week, and it was good because we are so busy. I said, if we don't come this week, you won't get us for a month or two. And so it worked out great because we were at, uh, this ties to Bible study. We were at a wedding last night in Rio Dosa, a couple from, from our group. We were at a wedding last week in Los Alamos, a wedding, uh, a group, couple from our group. We were at a wedding, I actually was asked to perform a wedding um, about a month ago. We've got another one, they just asked me in January, and another one in May. Um, and I haven't been doing, well. I've done two weddings before, one of them from a couple that met at our group, and I haven't done any in 12 years. And I'm kind of, uh, side note, I don't really, there's so many people that are secular doing weddings now that that have no relation to church, no tied to it. I've been resistant to that, but I really, in a sense, I'm their pastor. And, um, and so I've agreed to do it. I haven't been to seminary, obviously, but um, anyway, that's just a side note. But um, so 
I asked them, I asked a handful of people, some from like Ross's, like way back, way, way back. And then I asked some from a group that we that spun. That long ago. We've, we've spun off two groups. Uh, one about 12 or 14 years ago, because they age up, they start having, getting married and having kids, and the 18, 19, 20-year-olds go, they're old and weird. We don't want to come anymore, you know, or they don't come. And so we've, and they, they've really solid young Christians, adults, and we spun them off. And that group met for over 10 years, and they're all still best friends. They just finally went into their own different ministries, and they're all involved in church um, and, and, and ministry. And then one that we did about four years ago, three and a half years ago, and they're having babies like crazy right now, and they're just on fire. And, they, they, and they'll all tell you that both groups will tell you that the best friends that they have in their lives came from those groups more than college, more than high school, et cetera. And they're just each other's accountability and each other's support, et cetera. Well, anyway, it's like better than hearing from us would be great to hear from some of them. So I ask a handful of the kind of the leaders over the years um, uh, or just very consistent people to, to write some things. And I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts because like this one's really long. But uh, this is Josh Houghton. He's an engineer in Carlsbad now. But uh, he came for about eight years. We've had... That's about the length of the longest people uh, coming. And uh, he would come like right out of high school and then summers when he would come home. And then after he came back to Carlsbad, he talks in here about how, you know, it's the, his, the 25 to 35 is the smallest age group band in Carlsbad. And so he's like, I would have been a hermit or hanging out at the wrong places. And so he found a place to hang out. But anyway... One of my favorite things was that we were able to bring so many different people from so many different backgrounds and denominations, something we didn't talk about in the first service. We go to First Methodist, Carlsbad. This is a non-denominational group, and the, and the church helps us, sponsors us, whatever you want to call it. But um, we, have, we have Baptist, Church of Christ, uh, Assembly of God, non-believers. We've had a couple of Mormon boys come uh, at different times. We have just, it's just open very ecumenical. Anyway, he says, to bring so many different people from different backgrounds and denominations, not only did this bring in new viewpoints that you may not be used to seeing in your own churches, but it brought in a picture of the true Christian community and illustrated to us all the de denominations don't matter and that the church was the church in the truest sense. The church is a gathering of believers in one accord and draw closer to God and to bring his message to the world. So often we like to believe that it's one denomination or one viewpoint may be better than another, but there is really no such thing. This mixing would make you question things that you always accepted, but never really looked into yourself. Things that you were brought up uh, being told and took them for truth without verifying it, it made you really look at what you believed and what the Bible about the Bible and how uh, much of it you knew and how much of it you only thought you knew. It isn't uh, very often in today's society that you really get the opportunity to have these kinds of discussions without it truly turning into a debate or starting one. Um, it's really opened my eyes to look closer at things I've been told for years. Anyway, there's, I, I've sent Ross all these. If he puts them out on your website or whatever, he's welcome to. These people have all shared them. This one was, there's a lot of other great stuff in here. And another one I was just going to share is um, I've, I've invited a 
bajillion people. Ross asked earlier, how many people uh, have been through there? I'd say roughly maybe between 1,000 and 2,000 kids. It's hard to say because some people come one time and some people come for eight years. The core people is probably several hundred. Uh, the people that come have come consistently. For years, this is the first time in 20 years, the last two years, that we haven't, first time, that we haven't had people consistently driving from Artesia, which, which is 30 miles, from start until two years ago. Uh, youth pastor got hired in Artesia, and he had no place to plug in. And he drove down for like seven years. And uh, he's, he's, he's working on, he's in seminary right now, and he wanted to write a letter. He will write a letter. Um, but he's like, I'm working on a paper this week. And so uh, he couldn't do that. Let, let me interrupt okay. you for a second, though. I think that's crazy to think <laughs> that there were several hundred kids that were part of the core of um, this ministry in Carlsbad. Yeah. And I don't think you all understand how crazy that is. Like several hundred people, college-aged people in Carlsbad, like 30,000 people live there. There is a branch of NMSU there that has, I don't know, 300, 400. Most of them are older. Yeah, and and this is a college ministry in a non-college town that has that many people coming through it and the lives changed. And um, it all happened because of a conversation you had with one person and your willingness as a couple to say yes to that one person. Can you... Can you say uh, a few sentences about how your life has been changed by this? Well, um, in the first service, you had, a, had us just stop and have a moment of silence. And so that was my time to just kind of reflect on what our life, um, what this has meant to our life. And wow, just trying to think about what what it would look like without having all of these young adults in our lives because it is a, an amazing blessing to have all of these connections. I mean, we still, we have strong relationships with a lot of these people. We, we still see their children. We've, we've gone through some amazing, um, joyous times with these young adults. We've gone through some very difficult times with these people. Some, like some of the, probably the most difficult times of our lives have been, uh, shared with them and so it's forever changed our life i can't um i mean i, I can't i can't separate that part of our life and and put it in a, a box it it is our life it is embedded in our life and it is it started I, folks think that we are blessing you know that this is a sacrifice that that we are making and blessing other people but god has just blessed us tenfold so much more than we have ever we we can't outgive God. God has blessed us so much by uh, by us saying yes in this little tiny, uh, you know, however many hours on Monday night that we give. It's an amazing blessing for us. I think the takeaway from the conversation that we had last service and this service for me is reinforcing to me to pay attention. Pay attention to conversations that I have with people pay attention to Stuart's announcements, even me, like pay attention to those announcements because there are things that our church needs, there are things that the community needs, uh, there are things that our world needs that we can, we can say yes to and, and it makes a really big difference in our lives. 
And that's not even the reason that we do it, you know? And I think that's some of that upside down kingdom of God stuff. Like Jesus says to be last, like to be first, be last. If you want to have your life, you have to give your life away. Like all these weird upside down ways of doing things. I think Paul and Janice are good examples of that to me that they, they were like, oh, I guess we can do this thing where these kids are gonna think we're old, whatever. And then 20 years later, they're still doing it because they get so much out of it. And I think, I think it's amazing. I think it's crazy how God works. I think it's weird how the Holy Spirit inspires that sort of thing. Um, and, and my prayer for us is that this conversation would inspire you to say yes to either doing college ministry or being a junior high small group leader or teaching Sunday school or starting your own thing or volunteering in the food pantry or uh, singing in the praise team or singing in the choir or starting a ministry at one of the retirement homes. Like there's so many things to be done and, and we, need, we all need to say yes more because there's no risk in it. There's no risk. I, I, I'm going to a thing, I leave tomorrow morning to go to St. Louis to a thing this week because I'm a risk taker. And I always think that's a weird thing to say because what risk is there? Like, I'm not risking my life. I'm not, I'm just saying like, sure, like somebody needs a church to do that. Oh, let's go, let's do it. You know, like, what's the risk? The worst that could happen is nobody shows up, but then you have a free Monday night. You know, like the worst, what, what's the worst that could happen? It's not bad, I promise you that. And so. In the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as risk.